the global co-working and conference community, we've had our fingers on the pulse of co-working since 2012, and we've connected thousands of operators, both in person and online. On the Juicy Podcast, we talk with the people making it happen day in and day out. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody. I am so excited. And I know that I say that every time, but I really am because Nicole Vasquez and I have become really good friends. And I was so excited that she agreed to be on the podcast. So let's get started. Nicole, how are you this morning? And I'm talking about you personally. I don't want to hear about your business. I want to hear about you as a human being. Good morning, Liz. And thank you for that question. You always ask such thoughtful, intentional questions. And I appreciate that because as you know, as somebody who's been in business for a while, you always tend to just kind of put the front on of like, this is me mm-hmm. as a professional. Everything's and, great. And yes, everything's wonderful. And guess what? Personally, I just had a baby uh, six months ago. So quite a lot has changed. So I, mm-hmm. I very much appreciate that. Personally, I can say uh, it's a great time to be recording with me. I am in the sweet spot of life and I am very, very grateful. I have a beautiful six-month-old baby at home named Coast. And he is the light of our world. And it's cheesy. Like I, who who uses phrases like that? The light of our, I sound like a Hallmark card. But truly, you know, there is such deep joy that comes mm-hmm. from, from having this. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. But also I went back, I took a four month maternity leave. Again, very mm-hmm. grateful to be able to have that time with him. And then the past two months, we've also been lucky to find an incredible nanny and telling some friends earlier this weekend, like she arrives at eight o'clock and, you know, I hang out with her for a little bit, but then I, it's almost like, I can't believe like, Mama has time to do a 20 minute workout and shower Mm -hmm. and be at the office by nine o'clock. Like, no way. So, it's the past two months have been coming back to myself. And that's a wonderful thing after going through this incredible journey of literally using your (laughs) entire self to to give birth and raise a child. And now it's just been really nice to to say, like, who is who is Nicole again? And what are the the wacky things that she does, you know, which is like coming (laughs) home and making random recipes and and doing all the workouts that I love and finding ways to to travel and and enjoy and and experience new things. Of course, with a little little bean in tow with us everywhere we go. But thanks yeah, for asking. I have no, no doubt that Coast will be on the move with his parents <laughs> nonstop. Coast yep. to coast. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Could be a tagline. <laughs> coast is coast to coast. Okay. Anyway, I digress. Okay. So interesting. Just last week, we saw the announcement that WeWork had closed 40 locations. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, IWG stock is just going through the roof. And then people are like, if you don't come into the office, we're firing you. And so there's all this information out there. And so I'm curious how business is for you at Deskpaths. There's a lot. And it's interesting when you hear news like that, because, you know, I think you and I probably get the text from from friends or family are like, did you see that news? Or like, well, one, of course we saw that news. And people are like, they always ask us like, what do you think is going to happen? And I mean, let's look at the, the, the big picture first. I mean, work has changed fundamentally the way people work. More and more people are working remote, people who have never been remote before. And let's not forget about all the people who were remote pre-pandemic. But yes, I mean, we're going towards people being more remote. And what does that mean? That means that we have to accommodate for that. And unfortunately, some companies that have been around pre-pandemic and and now are just not adapting in the way that needs to be adapted for in order to accommodate these and, and others are thriving. And what's interesting is, so I'll leave that there while I talk about DustFast first. So DustFast is doing fantastic. We have thousands of bookable workspaces in more than 150 cities worldwide. We have hundreds of, of clients that are companies with remote employees all around the world. And something that is 
we love to share with everybody, especially in the co-working industry and for operators to know is that private room rentals are skyrocketing. People are booking mm. meeting rooms and day offices more and more and more. Um, and the reason is, is these people are remote employees and they want to get out of their house to meet with their teammates. They want to meet with teammates on a recurring basis, or they want a private room to take their video calls, um, or they want phone booths. So we, we've we seen a shift in user behavior post-pandemic. A big reason is because we just work with so many remote companies. You know, Many years ago, when we first started DeskPass, we were focused on individual consumers. And of course, that user profile was a little bit different than the company employee. But overall, meeting rooms are more than half of our bookings for these hybrid teams. So everything is going very well and, and things are growing quickly. If anything, we can't keep up with the demand, meaning we have a lot of companies that come to us and say, I have, let's say, 200 employees, but they're around uh, the U.S. The ones in New York, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, Austin, Denver, they have plenty of workspaces to choose from, and they're booking those on almost a daily basis. Whereas we have you know, some Fortune 100 companies that are using DeskPass for their employees, and unfortunately, their employees that are living in smaller cities, they have they don't have access to workspaces. So the number one uh, request we get from our clients are more workspaces by where we live. And the reason is, is more people are spreading out and they're living in smaller cities and they just want more access. So we are telling all the co-working operators, if this, if you're looking to expand, this is the time because there's the demand. But with that expansion, which I know we'll get into this and I'll stop here, is building out co-working spaces that are different than than they were a few years ago, which is a lot more phone rooms and a lot more meeting rooms and day offices. But doesn't mean get rid of the co-working component. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So very interesting. And you know, it, it just made me think like, it would be so cool. And I know you guys publish a lot of data and get more to that. But it would be really cool if you had a list of like the top 10 or the top 10 to 15 places where corporate America is requesting mm. space mm. that we don't have enough space in. Like, I think that would be amazing for yeah. a lot of co-working brands to take a look at those places. I remember talk I've talked with Lucia from Verizon before a bunch and there were always places that she's like, do you know anybody here? Yep. <laughs> you exactly. know, so, so what cities are thriving for you? And then what cities are a bust? Because we're hearing a lot about San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I've also heard DC kind of came back slow. Chicago mm-hmm. kind of came back slow. So I'm just curious what you're seeing in your data as far as where is thriving and where is not. So I'm glad we talked about this, ironically, right before this, the demand for and the location of spaces. So right now, I mean, our big markets continue to do extremely well. And New York, Chicago, Austin, LA, Denver, Miami, San Francisco, they continue to do well across all three categories, co-working, meeting rooms, and offices. And I believe, we we all believe that the reason is because there's just so many spaces. I mean, when you have more than 60, 70, 80 spaces in a city to choose from, you can usually satisfy the majority of the workers there. The what we're, again, our pain point is, let's say we sign, you know, a new Fortune 100 company, and they have, you know, 30% of their employees are in a smaller markets, so those employees are just unfortunately going to have less amount of options, especially if they have to drive 20, 30 miles to get to a space. Something that's interesting is you look at cities um, that are doing very well for us, cities like Boise, Jacksonville, Birmingham, Spokane. And the reason is, mm-hmm. is we actually have some fantastic spaces in those cities that have really nice meeting rooms or offices, or we have some um, other cities, I have to look at which ones, that are surprisingly doing very well because there's only one or two spaces, but the majority mm. um, 
of their employees live in the downtown area. And we have some cities where there's a space in a suburb of a city and they're just getting a ton of bookings because we sign a company that has a lot of employees there. So it's funny, once in a while, we'll get a message from the space. It's just like, you guys are blowing me up and I'm so grateful. Like, and they're like, and we're not even in the downtown area. Like how, who are these people? We're like, they just, <laughs> you know, it, it, we found the right company or they found us and then we sent them to your space. So yeah, I mean, it just comes back to the, the closer a space is to someone's home. We know this for certain the more likely they're going to be to go like to go there. And that's the number one request we keep seeing. So uh, yeah. it makes sense, right? People mm-hmm. don't want to commute. You just want to go to the closest space. I have the same thing in Austin. Like mm-hmm. I wish there were more spaces for me to choose from close to where I live. And they're just simply aren't. And I yeah, know Stormy which is, has the same problem And there problem are a lot in, in Austin already though. Yeah, there are, but. But there could be more. <laughs> yeah, actually Austin is very centralized downtown for the most part. So there's not a lot very south and there's mm. a lot, a lot very north. Now that's changing, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I think there's going to be a continued demand for this suburban and rural co-working. So if mm-hmm. you mentioned it, and I want to bring it back is, so if you were designing a space today, and I know you've designed space before, how would you be designing space today? First and foremost, more private meeting rooms and phone booths. I will share on Friday, I still use SPAS all the time and go to workspaces on Friday last week I was at a workspace there was four phone booths and mm-hmm. it was like it, it felt like it was like a curve your enthusiasm episode or something like we were all like in the co-working area aware of the phone rooms I could see everybody kept looking to see when they were open and when one of them opened that, there was kind of like that courteous second of like nobody doing it and then it's like somebody gets up and they go right in the phone it was like that all day long on a Friday and mm. you we know in the co-working world Friday is not the busiest day and it was a joke like I was laughing I'm like this is insane and like at a certain point I ended up going outside and taking a call because I had a call with a teammate and I didn't want to be in the open area. And Mm. so, and I felt exactly what we hear from our hybrid team employees. And the the other thing though, is these, now that so many more people are remote, they, we've always known education was like a, a, an obstacle to get over in the co-working world, like telling people why co-working is great, having them try it. But I think now than more than ever, if everybody's more remote, that means they're not meeting with their employees, which mean, or their teammates, and they are going to be on calls much more. So I think pre-pandemic, I saw, especially when I ran my own spaces, a lot of independent workers, developers, consultants, and they would have calls here and there with their clients or with their, with their teammates, but it wasn't all day long. And now I think we're all just on a lot more calls because we're all remote. Their majority of people are remote. So that need, I think, has just exponentially increased. So I personally still love the co-working vibe. Uh, vibe. Love having that like that common area with a lot of dedicated desks. But yes, we know that private offices are more profitable per square foot, right? We get that too as operators. So I would say just as an operator, continue to invest in building out phone rooms. We know it's more uh, affordable in the beginning to build it out in in in, in with your space um, versus adding on potentially expensive a la carte options later. But if you can build out phone rooms, build out a bunch and make them reservable and bookable. Yeah, I think that's the thing that that really frustrates me because I'm frequently traveling and yeah, frequently there, you know, people are camping out in the phone booth forever. And it's just it's supposed to be a shared amenity. And so often it isn't. I was recently in Boston at work bar. And I thought they had the greatest booking system ever on their phone rooms because they literally just listed out on the half hour, the time, and you just grabbed a Sharpie and put your name in at what time you needed it. 
Yep. And then you just erase it and it's a new day. And I was like, uh, you know, how come everyone is doing that. this? Like it's so easy, so, so simple and so great. Yep. And it's funny that you mentioned that because at my second location in Chicago, second shift, we, uh, we, when we started, we rolled that, that out. And it's funny, we did the whiteboards because we were like, at the time, we're like, let's save our money, like for certain things. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we'll get the iPads later. And so of yeah. course, it was like two years later when we introduced the online booking system and our members, they were like, we don't want to use that. They're like, this is mm-hmm. so much easier. And we observed them like just going up, like you said, wiping it off. And we, decided not to like we we tried to switch and they almost like revolted they're like this is too much like process it was yeah, one of those things I don't want to like, log in to get exactly. my, I just want to walk over and write down my name like yep. sometimes low tech is the way people yeah. okay so one oh, and actually, things, yeah yeah I, I, I want to mention one other thing when you said if I was to build out my space the other thing that I wanted to share with people that is so important that we're seeing requests from is external monitors and I know years ago the reason that we didn't want as operators or at least a few of us, when we would talk about this all the time, we didn't want to provide external monitors because we said, hey, if you want an external monitor, get a dedicated desk and you can keep your monitor here. And that was like our, our you know, gateway for them. And it, it usually worked well. The thing mm-hmm. is now, as you know, people have changed. People are less likely to do like an all-encompassing membership and they want to do drop-ins and things like that. And so external monitors are a big thing. So now I'm actually suggesting operators have the external monitor, have it already on the desk and have your dongles that they can plug into immediately. And if they use it, great. If they don't use it, that's fine. But I think we see a lot of people asking our support team in advance, do you know if this space has an external monitor? And if we say we don't know, they won't book it. And here's the thing, people, external monitors aren't that expensive. Like you don't need to go get all the monitors that don't work or the people have left, like get good looking $200 Samsung monitors and make it look good. Also, people, I think the reason why people want an external monitor is because they had one at home and they mm-hmm. discovered that it was a preferable way to work mm-hmm. than on your tiny laptop screen. Yep. Also, I'm curious, do people ask for ring lights? Because I want one. That's actually a gr- you know, I think having them in the phone booth should be fundamental. I mean, yes, I agree. <laughs> like there's like, come on, get ring lights, people. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone wants to look good. Okay. So I digress. We could go down that that rabbit hole for a while. Okay. So every time I talk to these technology companies that um, offer services similar to yours, and we refer to them as aggregators, people are like, Mm -hmm. we're not an aggregator. So I was just curious how DustPass feels about the term aggregator. And would you like to propose a new term? I believe DustPass is a hybrid work solution. And I I mean, our whole team does. That's what we do is we make hybrid work. That's a lot to say. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah, but it, that's it. That's what we because for that's what we do. I mean, because as a company, they select DustPass as their hybrid work solution. It is what allows them to have hybrid work, right? We have the the dashboard, the billing, the reports. You know, they can give access to all their employees, set stipends. So it's it's an HR solution. It's a hybrid work solution. That's what I call it. If you you know, I think if we wanted to kind of, you could also say a marketplace, but I think that also has different connotations. But yeah, aggregator. I don't love. Um, Maybe because it seems a little aggressive. It's like the word, just the, the tone of it. But I think aggregator only like speaks to the collection of spaces. And what DustPass provides is much more than that, right? So Okay, so I'm I, really like, going to propose a new term. I actually really like marketplace. Oh, marketplace. I really like hybrid marketplace. Yeah, 
Yeah. Hi, yeah. I mean, that's what okay. it is, right? It's connecting yeah. people to the solution for their hybrid work needs. Yeah. Okay. So well, now that we've settled that, everybody, it's hybrid marketplace. <laughs> okay. So one of the things I love about DustPass is, you know, in 2020, you guys were up on stage at Juicy giving us incredible, it was a 20 or 21. It was 21 and 21 giving mm-hmm. us data around what you discovered so far in your collection. And so I think that, you know, to me, I was actually just on stage in co-working Europe. And I said, I think the technology companies that are going to win are the ones that offer something back to the operator Mm -hmm. that's really valuable. And you guys are doing that. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about like what data you're collecting and how it can help an operator. Well, I will say I do know it's 2021 because when I got home from that trip is when I found out that I was pregnant. And my joke was, <laughs> I, I told my husband, I said, wow, I, I think I only had one glass of wine at that happy hour, thankfully, right? But I was like, man, if only I had known, <laughs> if, I, if I had known that would be my last glass of wine. So I, I laughed. Yes, I know it's 2021. But yes, and and we, uh, Madeline Jarchow, our, our workspace partnerships manager, hosts an event actually every month for Dust Fast hmm. Spaces to share the data that we collect. And she like most recently, one of the one of the most popular events that we do on a recurring basis is how to improve their desk pass listings and get more bookings based on what we see people are booking because we continually survey our members. So I'm going to share a few of these hot topics here. But like I mentioned earlier, meeting rooms are in high demand, more than half of our hybrid team bookings, meaning bookings made by one of our company clients are for meeting rooms. Uh, it used to be desk only a year and a half ago. It was desk. And now meeting rooms have blown past desk co-working bookings. We continue to say desks are the gateway drug or the gateway, maybe not say the drug. It's the gateway booking for a co-working space. We see a lot of our uh, enterprise clients. They will have individuals booking a co-working desk at a space. And then you'll see maybe two or three weeks later, they start to invite their friends to the party, to the co-working party. And then a few weeks later, we see that they start booking meeting rooms. And then in a lot of cases, or more and more now, sometimes they end up getting an office at that location. Uh, So day offices continue to be popular as well for that like taste. What we always say is make the day offices bookable um, easy, easily and have signs on the offices that say this office is available. It can be booked by the day. A lot of operators we see still have that mentality of like, Oh, I saw that uh, when I create a desk, my my listing for my office, it's asking me for a daily and weekly rate, and we actually don't rent it out by the by the month. And I say, well, our team tells them, totally understand you don't do that now, but did you know that a lot of our uh, clients are looking to book offices by the day or by the week, and if you actually price it at a certain you end up making more per day or per week than if they booked it by the month. We understand it's it's optimal for it to be booked by the month. I would consider putting it on there for the day or the week. And a lot of operators get surprised when they do. Wow, I just made a $150 booking for a one one person day office because this enterprise company has the funds to do it. Yeah. And I think often like, A, look at your inventory and see if there's something you need to convert because an office Mm -hmm. sitting empty Mm -hmm. isn't doing anything for you. If you can turn that into, you know, an day rates. And oftentimes I think, you know, the daily price adds up to more than an actual monthly booking. So you've got to look at the numbers. Yep. But it's, you know, it's sitting empty and if it can be reserved easily, why not? As mentioned before, phone rooms and designated quiet areas were ranked most important. So in our most 
recent survey, they said, what's, what, what will keep you, what would like make you go to a space, meaning would get you mm-hmm. out of your house or what would deter you from booking a space? And they said spaces that have phone booths or designated quiet areas where I can take a call or listen in on a call and, and not have a concern of, of having noise in the background. Um, yeah. And extern- I think, mm-hmm. and I think the other thing you'd mentioned built in phone booths, which is great if you're doing construction, but if you've already done construction, you can always add phone booths yes. people. And, and those are nice. Yeah. And, you know, through Juicy membership, our members get discounts on brands like oh. Room and Vary. So, oh, wow. you know, if you need to add phone rooms, your Juicy membership would probably pay for it with the discounts. And I do love those. Like when I go into a room or a Vary phone room, I'm just like, oh, it's cushy. It's 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 um mm-hmm. insulated, you know, because a lot of times, and I was guilty of this at my first space, building one of drywall and being like, oh, it's still echoey. Yeah, because it's just drywall. Lesson learned. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, and people recognize that, right? I mean, just because there's four walls, I mean, the, the quality of it still is important. So do you think that this demand for day offices and meeting rooms and phone rooms, do you think that's like going to continue for a long time? Or do you think that's also evolving and changing? Interesting. I, I absolutely think it will continue in terms of evolving and changing. I don't know because what, you know, what does that mean? Like my concern is that you're going to see more spaces that only have offices and no co-working area, which takes away the vibrancy of the space. I've been to some spaces like that recently. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like having a, yes, it, you still are able to leave your home get dressed up, go to a different place, have a have a room that is sufficient for getting your work done. But you miss out on all those great aspects of co-working that people get, right? The meeting other people. And people who weren't familiar with co-working originally, like the 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 common area usage and now are are going into workspaces, like they don't they they crave that too. Like I I I met a few people at the workspace I met who have an office and they're like they started sitting out in the common area because they just saw how much more fun it was. Yeah. Absolutely. So I just, I urge operators to not, to not take that away. Hey, 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 have you heard? Juicy is heading to Chicago. Yep. April 2023, we are going to be in the beautiful city of Chicago. You should get your tickets now on GCUC.co. Or the other thing you can do is join membership and then you'll get a discount on those Juicy tickets and ridiculous benefits for you and your team. So remember, go to Juicy.co for your tickets to Chicago and to join membership. Ciao. Well, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because there's a huge misconception out there that I keep running into, especially as I've been to some conferences lately, is people are like, oh, co-working, it's 100% open, kegs, freelancers, no. <laughs> and and tech companies, right? That's all it is. And I'm like, no, that's like WeWork circa 2012. Yeah. Yep. So yep. can you explain for our audience that co-working does not mean all of those things? Yeah, that's a great point. So actually, I ha- we have an office here at building.co. It's, it's Miami's oldest co-working space for technology companies. And a, a, in the common area, which we, we have a dedicated desk that I, I switch off with, and it's all it's their their second floor is co-working area but it's all dedicated desks and you have uh you know i'm looking there's one company of four people there's a company of three and then there's drop-in desks and there's monitors at all of them um, and people just come in and you can take phone calls at your desk um but most people know that if they're on a loud phone call they use one of the there's one two three four six phone room six phone rooms on this floor four on the first floor and then the the third floor is the lounge slash open co-working and then um there's a 
patio outside where, where other people go and they'll do like walking calls. So what's great is there's different types of co-working. You have the drop-in with like the communal tables. Then you have the dedicated desk co-working. And then you have the, the lounge co-working where it was also the kitchen. Um, and then you have the patio and they also have a treadmill desk, which I use and I love. And it's like, so throughout my day, I mean, usually around like one o'clock, two o'clock, I'll go in the common area and I'll sit at the desk because I want more of that vibrancy. And then around like three o'clock, I will walk on the treadmill and keep working because it's end of day and I want to stop sitting, sitting on my behind, you know? Well, <laughs> like I wanna, and, I move. Yeah. And co-working does not infer a hundred percent open. Lots exactly. of co-working yeah. spaces. I would say the vast majority include private office space. Yes. Yes. And this space has private offices all around the perimeter. They have plenty of private offices, but they have lots of dedicated desks and an open workspace and lots of phone rooms. And that's mm-hmm. why they are they are always full. Yeah, love it. Okay, cool. Thank you for clearing that up. And the um, other things so, I mm-hmm. can I just I want to share. I'll do it really quickly because these are I know these would be really helpful for operators. The other things uh, that we know we absolutely know people want our instant book availability for meeting rooms and day offices. So obviously on DustPass, they can book rooms instantly. Then also detailed descriptions and affordable pricing. So a lot of times for operators, when they are creating their listings online, make sure the listing, let's say it's just for a meeting room, also includes images of the main area and the kitchen, even the front of the building, the patio, because now people people are looking, we notice that a lot of people are coming to DustPass and saying, well, I need to book a, a space for my team, but I only see the meeting room what does the other space look like? Because they, they're afraid that they haven't been to this space. So even though the meeting room is beautiful, they want to know like, mm-hmm. what does the lobby look like? You know, I'm inviting my boss mm-hmm. to this meeting. I don't want, you know, I, want, I don't want her to be like, oh, what is this space, right? So making sure that when like you describe the ex- entire experience, even if they're just booking a private room. And then also like, like we were talking about the day offices, make them affordable. If they're empty right now, we see some spaces in New York that are, they're listing their day offices for $30 for the day and they're booked every single day. And it's until they sell it. And so sometimes, you know, people are like, well, I don't want to list a six person room for just $50 a day. If it's empty, why not? And you might get a team that recognizes the value. And then the last thing is just, if you do have the space, we are seeing a more demand for larger spaces for workshops or trainings, 20 to 40 people. We know that that's not something that people are booking all the time. But if you do, especially if you have a modular space, make sure that you're advertising that because we are seeing companies want trainings and workshops. Yeah. Or if you've got like a giant suite that you built out pre-pandemic and you're mm-hmm. hoping to get a tenant in there then list it as a workspace retreat or a big meeting area, yep. you know, like there, yeah, make sure you get that up there. Okay. So are corporations like fully back or what percentage back do you think corporations are? I, I do think that I think we still, I will still tell you that, you know, no, out of hundreds of our clients, nobody's doing it the same way. We mm. are seeing, we see a company that are using, that's using DustPass only to book meeting rooms. We see companies that are only giving their executive office uh, ability to use DustPass so that they can book day offices when they are traveling. We see companies where they're only using desks and they're using it around the world. You know, there's no perfect formula, but I will tell you that what we see in terms of behavior is that typically companies start using DustPass for a specific need. So a team needs a meeting room in one city and then they're like, oh, well, that worked out well. And they start using it and then they tell more of their teammates and it kind of becomes that waterfall approach. So we notice that word of mouth does spread throughout a company and pretty soon, you know, different segments start using it for a variety of needs. So that's the big thing is like, you know, 
in sales, they use the word penetration. Like, can you can you continue to to, to hit hit more aspects of the account um, of the of the company? And then other things that we notice is that the top the dollar amount of monthly bookings on DustPass has increased six x since January. So companies that started with us with wow. us in January, they get they start making more bookings and spending more money over time. So as it becomes a behavior, a learned behavior, mm-hmm. and as it becomes more widely used by more people on their team, so that's mm-hmm. why it's like you know even though if it's just you know one person coming in from a company, you never know if they're going to be that megaphone totally. for the rest of the company. Mm-hmm. Other thing is, uh, we're so interesting. We're we continue to field more and more interest from landlords and non traditional spaces uh, to list mm-hmm. their amenitized spaces. So, for example, hotels are mm-hmm. starting to reach out to us more. Landlords in the past have done that more and more, but now they're realizing they're like, look, I have this amenity space in my building. We're not a co working space, but I know people need meeting rooms. You know, can I list it on DustPath? And typically, we we won't we won't work with operators that aren't like an an actual co like they don't have management on site because mm. we don't want it to be a bad experience. But if now that a hotel or some like a hotel they have management on site that's fine. But with a landlord, we'll say, look, if you have if you can automate it and you can ensure that it's a great experience, we'll open up to that because if that allows us to have more locations to meet more demand, so be it. And sometimes people just for a meeting room, if as long as everything's there and everything is communicated, it can be a, a great option. So we're seeing more and more. So I, yeah, I definitely recommend that people look into there's there's other types of spaces, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other one is let me think. Uh, yeah, so relatively small companies of like fewer than fifty employees, we're noticing that they have wide geographic needs across the U.S. and across the world. So so many companies now because they've opened up remote work are hiring very quickly across the nation, and that brings need for those employees to have a benefit to book workspaces. And yeah, I was on a plane mm-hmm. yesterday and I was talking to a sales executive at a company and we were, of course, talking about remote work and everything. And he said they stopped even asking people where they live because they don't care. Oh, yeah. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That makes sense. Doesn't matter. Huh. Interesting. And I, and I, like I do believe that, you know, companies that give their employees the option to choose where they work will win because mm-hmm. people learned in the pandemic that they can figure out what works for them. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that co-working will be pivotal in the war for talent as we move forward and more and more yep. corporations come back and start sending their employees in. Yeah. Yeah. They're asking for benefits. They're asking. I mean, when we, we've been a remote team since inception and, and we have employees when we're hiring ask you, you know, what stipends do you give for remote work? What, like, do you buy us a computer? Do you, and mm-hmm. all these things, I mean, because remote work is, is a lifestyle. There's needs there, right? They need equipment. They need access to private space. And you know, we, we get, we get those questions. We've been getting them and, and people think about that. Like, okay, if I work there versus, you know, what does that look like for me? Like how am I going to be taken care of? So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remote working stipend is is an HR, I think, requirement these days. Totally. Totally. I agree with that. So as we're looking forward to 2023, I love that book, The One Thing. So I wanted yes. to ask you, like, yep. what's the one thing that DustPass is focused on for next year? Oh, there's so many. I, I always joke that, you know, who, whatever department you had, you you have uh, an answer that, rep, like, you have the desire where you want to work. Of course, Dust, we continue to expand mm-hmm. rapidly. For us, the more locations we can get onboarded, the more people that we can serve. So I think it's just continual expansion. And with that, something that I, I will raise a question in the audience, you know, how can we better support our operators. I mean, we know Mm. that there needs to be more operators that open up. We know that more operators need to refine their offerings to support the the wave of corporate, like of, 
corporate workers. So we want to know, I mean, we provide the hybrid work solution, but like something that I love about our team, I know Sam and our visionary, right? Is it, he, I love the, our leadership team. We always ask questions like where, where is the industry going and how can we be part of that now? Like how, how can we stay ahead of the wave of like change in human behavior? So anyways, it's a long mm-hmm. way of saying, I still, we keep that question open to our operators. Like how can we better support? But personally, I, um, you know, I, I think I have on. an answer. Okay. Yes, I'd love um, to Abby just, you know, I was at Juicy UK and then I was at Coworking Europe. And what I think operators need is data that they can utilize yes. for financing. You know, in order to get a deal penciled these days, you need to basically hand over your firstborn. If mm-hmm. there was data that you could provide that could help financial institutions understand the um, amazing opportunity there is mm. for growth and co-working, mm-hmm. especially given things like all of the press about WeWork changing 40 locations, how can we combat that as an industry to help the people that want to expand, but need to convince a financial institution to loan them the money or to partner with them. So how can we better collect better data to help people get the funding they need to expand? Yeah. Yeah. And combat this negative press sometimes, you know, like image Mm -hmm. when people hear of WeWork, right? And Regis Mm -hmm. and and the performance numbers. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. So good luck with that. Um, the, okay. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll add um, personally, I oversee, you know, at Testpass, I oversee our customer support, our people operations mm-hmm. for our internal team, our relationships with spaces. So it's always the human, I always say human component of technology and, and co-working. And the thing that I want uh, that as a company, we, that we hear is like, they need change management. These companies, what I like, what, what I love is that, you know, the companies that approach us, they're like, we know we need a hybrid work solution. We found your platform at work. Like it, it does everything we need. Great. That is, you're our solution. But what we see is that they think that by choosing us as their solution and saying, Hey, employees who have never been remote before, here's your benefit mm-hmm. called Pass, which gives you everything you need to work remotely, go use it. Yes, you have, you know, the early adopters as in any group that are more innovative and likely to use a new product. But then you have the people that go great idea, but they don't use it because they're just in their inertia of working for a moment. It's the same. It's the same thing that as co-working operators, we've known for years. It's the educational mm-hmm. component. So what I also want is our motto is we make hybrid work and we truly do in giving them a solution. But how do we also educate them and work with their with their employees to do that? So personally, I think, you know, we want to roll out a lot more educational content. I had an HR, I have calls with our company clients and one of the HR admins said, I would love if every week you gave me something like an infographic or a snippet about why standing is is bad for you or like how co-working better helps your mental health. She goes, we have a channel about health and wellness. I'll put that in there every week. She goes, you make me look like a superstar by explaining to them like all these benefits and I'm sure they'll use desk mm-hmm. as a win-win. And it's like, they're just like, we know that like a lot of times these HR directors are are in charge of this co-working thing because when usually it used to be like the head of real estate, but now it falls into the HR people's laps and because it has to do with people. And they they are like thirsty for education and help with change management. And the more that we can do that, the more people will use co-working, the better for everybody in the industry. So that's personally something I think that we yeah. uh, should should focus on more in 2023. Yeah, I love that. 
Okay. So let's wrap it all back up. Let's go back to the beginning. So you're a new mom. I'm curious, has your superpower changed since (laughs) having a child? I mean, besides the general like parent things, like the ability to do anything one handed while carrying a baby or like (laughs) being able to like power through on just five to six hours of sleep. The thing that I am most grateful for is the advice that I heard from the recurring advice I heard from all parents was time goes by way too fast. And you are going to one day wish you could go back to these early days. So enjoy every second. And so my superpower is truly the ability to be fully present with my son. There are studies that show that a baby, even a baby and toddlers, you know, children of all ages, they know when you're distracted. So even though you're hanging with them, but you're looking at your phone, like here, even if it's just here and there, just by having your phone there, they know that you're distracted and it affects their mood and it affects their development. Mm -hmm. So when I get home, you know, I I come home and I truly, you know, I like, I just hold my son, no joke for like five, 10 minutes. I just walk around with him and I hold him. And then we sit there and we play. And there's days that like, you know, I get home five thirty, six o'clock. And by the time it's like 730 and he goes to bed, I'm like, oh, where's my phone? And it's it's still in my work bag. I haven't looked at it. So and I'm so happy about that. And that is my superpower. I mean, but unfortunately, now Love I'm it. that person who like takes a few hours to get back to a text like and it's annoying for people, I'm sure. But you know what? Like, I don't have my phone when I'm with my son. And I, I love, love that. And so uh, that's my that. superpower. That's so great. I've, um, I think in the podcast I did with slow-mo, I let, you know, I, I do not check work email after five o'clock period. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. I don't look at it. it. I don't look at it on the weekends. Like email is means I can handle that later. I batch my email because to me, email is not important. If you're sending me an email, it's not important. And Um, you work hard. It's like, it's not, you know, you work hard. You deserve to have that balance in that life. And like, totally. It it shouldn't be creeping into your back of your mind because then what what happens when you see that email at eight o'clock and it's not a good email, you can't sleep, you know, you're, you feel that it's like, Mm -hmm. man, if only you, you you know, heard about it next day at 8 a.m. and dealt with it then. So I'm that's awesome, Liz. That's great. Oh, thanks. And um, you're, I loved your story about your son. I could just picture that. And, you know, I, I heard this once before and I've used it a lot. It's like, be where your feet are. Yeah. Like just be yeah. present. Be, you need to be wherever your feet are. That's where yep. you are. Time goes by way too fast and you'll never get it back. So. Mm-hmm. Well, this was so fun. Thank you so much, Nicole. Yeah. And then we talked a lot about, you don't have enough spaces on desk pass. So people need to get get added on desk pass. How do they do that? They can just contact us on our website. There's a form you can fill out. Madeline Jarchow, our workspace partnerships manager, will reach out to you ASAP. You can also contact our support. I mean, there's, there's various forms. Just just contact us and we'll help you get listed. And like I said, if you're uh, you're an operator con- uh, considering expansion, go for it. Uh, you know, we, we no, encourage you to I do agree. so. No. I think that there yeah. is so much opportunity. The time is now and we're happy to share more, uh, any help we can in how to, you know, design the space based on what we need what people need, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out. We're happy to help, but I'd love to see more spaces opening up in more cities. Love it. All right, guys, like, follow, and come back next time. We've got more for you. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. Take care, y'all, and we'll see you on the next Juicy Podcast.